This is everything you want to know about non-clinical careers for physicians. For Third Evolution, I'm your host, Robert Pretty. Do you ever think about how you think? You know, physicians think differently than most people. And as a physician, you may believe you think better, or at least you think more efficiently. And you know, in a clinical environment, you'd be absolutely right. And in actuality, in many environments, you'd be right. Because believe me, having sat around boardroom tables for the past 40 years, I've often found great relief when a physician would pipe up with, can we just get to the point here? Yes, please, can we just get to the point, if there really is one. But just getting to the point isn't always in your best interest. To your point, however, different people do think in different ways. And that's an important factor to realize. It's even an important factor to evaluate as you speak with people because how we think individually isn't just exhibited in what we say, it's also present in how we listen and in what we hear. But to get back to the point, how often have you heard it stated that someone is thinking like an engineer or they're thinking like a teacher or a farmer or like a zealot or a bleeding heart? I know you have. And I know you have some expectations about what each of those stereotypical thinking patterns means. But what is thinking like a physician? Well, my experience and my research says it's thinking about getting to the point, getting to an end point, to a point of resolutions. Physicians tend to think about going into the next exam room, about discharging patients, about closing a surgery, about reaching a diagnosis. Physicians have been taught to think mightily about the end point. And in patient care, that makes perfect sense. The measure of patient care is most often the result. That the process of patient care may be a little bit uncomfortable. How often have you said that to someone? Well, that doesn't really matter. Because for the patient, being a little bit uncomfortable is either necessary or expedient in terms of achieving your intended result. And the fact that personality differences, measurable, behavioral differences exist, even among physicians, that fact really has little bearing on most physicians' basic need to get an answer. Let me explain. I've studied physician behaviors in earnest for the past 15 years, and certainly anecdotally for 40. I've administered highly sophisticated behavioral analysis tests to physicians to aid in career development, and to ask to answer questions of organizational fit and critical decision making. What I've found is that regardless of general approaches to decision making, communication styles, and other differing behavioral factors, when pushed into a corner, so to speak, most physicians respond the same way. They push for the answer. They seek resolution as expeditiously, as directly as possible. And to offer an answer to all those listening to this and saying to themselves, well, of course, doesn't everybody? <laughs> no, everybody doesn't. Because many situations don't resolve best if they're resolved quickly. Consider it this way. Getting to the point, well, it often results in one of two negative outcomes. First, the easiest answer when pressed to get to the point is no. That's right, it's far easier to say no than to say yes. And think about it, in virtually any situation, many people are empowered to say no to something. Your refund for a cable outage, the first person always says no, because no is their job. 
you have to work your way up the customer service ladder before you find a person who is able to say yes. It's the same when you call for a pre-authorization for a procedure or a medication that's not in the formulary. This is why you hate insurance clerks. Their job is to say no. You have to get to the physician reviewer before yes has a chance. The second outcome is that a better answer than either no or yes may exist, but you've now pressured the conversation to yield only a binary response. I was talking with a client this week and we were reviewing a letter she was sending as a follow-up to a recent networking contact. In her letter, she said that she wanted to ask that person about possible recommendations for suitable jobs based on the preliminary information she'd already provided. My advice to her was not to ask for any recommendations, but rather to simply ask to learn more about both what that person did in his job and how he saw the job market in her chosen field, what he saw as emerging problems or challenges or issues, and stop the conversation at that. What she wanted to learn was what opportunity may exist. Why? Because with his limited knowledge of her and her direct inquiry about jobs in her field, his response would be naturally limited. While her objective was to open a door, my suggestion was that she may be closing more doors than she would be opening. With my recommendation, she had an opportunity to learn what he knew, do some research and follow up, and open more doors for the future. Remember, the easiest answer to any question is no, and an answer that is pressured will often be the easiest answer. Even if not no, it will certainly be limited. So how should you be thinking? If getting to the point should not be your objective, my advice is if you're listening to this podcast because you're a physician considering career change, my advice is to learn to think like an entrepreneur. Were you perhaps thinking that I would say a business executive or a researcher or something else? No, no. Entrepreneurs think about opening doors, not about closing them. A new product initially conceived and developed to solve one problem just might solve multiple problems if the entrepreneur is open to comments and criticisms and suggestions from those around her. Yes, learn to think like an entrepreneur. And what does that mean? How do entrepreneurs think? Well, there are many aspects to entrepreneurial thought, but I'm going to focus on just five areas I see as both essential as well as common among the many entrepreneurs I've known. These are some basic truisms for thinking like an entrepreneur. And again, it's not everything it's not intended to be, nor could it even be exhaustive because entrepreneurs are, you might say, like everyone else. They too are all different, but there are common success patterns that exist. And here are a few. Number one, think optimistically. Physicians too often think pessimistically. Physicians worry about being sued, having charges denied, about getting a bad review on some website. Well, entrepreneurs don't care. Entrepreneurs see a rising sun every morning and a new day. Physicians see a sunset and say, thank God the day's over. Think sunny side up. I often say your first answer should always be yes. When someone says, can you do something? Are you interested in something? Would you try something? Say yes. Because you can always say no later if that's appropriate. But an initial no is only going to close every door. Number two, think creatively. Stop worrying about whether someone else is doing what you want to do. Physicians worry about competition. 
entrepreneurs, but their idea, their product, their service will be better, better than everyone else, regardless of the competition. Remember, entrepreneurs are optimistic. Number three, think globally. The world's a big place. You're a physician educated and trained by the best medical system in the world. You're in demand. But as the old saying goes, no person is a prophet in their own land. So you may find more opportunity away from home, away from your comfort zone. And think comfort zone, not just geographically, but functionally. Never, never limit yourself. Number four, think about big problems. Thinking small will keep you small, but thinking big expands your universe. Think about solving world hunger. You and I both know you can't do it, but thinking about it could open opportunities about solving a local hunger problem. Thinking about global vaccination challenges, well, it could help you better focus on the first place to start, perhaps in your own community, even in your own practice. Then that becomes a replicable prototype transferable into a larger universe. And number five, think about granular processes. How do you eat an elephant? The old adage goes, one bite at a time. All your optimism, your creativity, your global perspectives, your big problems to solve, eventually they all must be distilled down to a single first step. And then another, and another, then a first goal, and a second, and a first win, a first product, and a first sale. All of life is managing processes, and all processes, all life, has a beginning, that single initial spark, a middle, and an end. And finally, remember this. Nothing happens until somebody, and the somebody in this equation is you, nothing happens until you sell something. If it's a job you're after, all the polite words are just that. All the positive feedback about everyone thinking you were a very bright candidate, they mean nothing. Nothing until an offer is slid across the table. And if you are actually an entrepreneur, nothing happens until money changes hands. So one final thought. While thinking like an entrepreneur will likely open more doors for you and improve both your outlook and the processes you follow to achieve success, Never stop being a doctor. Never stop being the doctor in the room. As I said at the beginning, in so many business situations I've been in, it was the doctor in the room demanding to know the endpoint that actually helped us overcome an impasse and more logically approach the problem we were trying to solve. Simply intoning, if I were treating this problem the same way I'd treat a patient, this is the information I would want to know, and this is how I would go about reaching a logical diagnosis. Well, doctor, you're the only one in the room who can make that statement. Use it to your advantage. I hope you'll think about thinking differently, and I hope you'll be successful. Once again, for Third Evolution, Non-Clinical Careers for Physicians, this is Robert Pretty. For comments about this or any of my podcasts, hesitate to contact me at 720-339-3585. And that's for voice, message, or text. And don't forget to visit me online at www.thirdevo.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.